Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Spooky State of Mind. Spooky. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Alex, and we are your hosts. Hostesses? Yes. Hostesses? Hosts? What's the plural? When you say hostesses, I think of hostess, and then it makes me think of, like, Twinkies and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think of, like, a hostess with the mostest. You know, when you're playing hostess? Yep. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How are you doing today? Girl, I am... mm, I am... mm, Today. I don't know if that means that if you're upset, or if you're feeling tired, or if you're over it, or... That mm, has a lot yes. of all of it. Got it. <laughs> Got yeah, it. it's they switched my dosage on one of my meds, so I'm feeling the side effects a little bit. So I'm really tired all the time. So I'm just waiting for these like few first few weeks on this new dosage, so that everything can level out. But I'm really tired and exhausted, which is making just everything really hard, and. I was just so over it with my kids today. Actually, no, not with my kids, with my toddler. Because she was just pushing me, trying to pull my pants down, unzipping my pants all the time. And I'm like, girl, what are you doing? And I get it. It's just, she wants, it's, she's a toddler. I get it. But it's like, girl, stop. You have plenty of toys where you can practice your fine motor skills. But nope. Nope. It's with mom. And I, I was asking Gare, I was like, does she do this with you? And he's like, nope. No, of course. No, of course not. So I'm just, I'm real tired. I'm a little over it today. It's just, so I'm really excited to be recording and talking to another adult right now. Yeah. They be pushing your buttons, man. Yeah. Not the little one though. She's fine. She's chilling. She's too little for that, but just yeah. give us a couple of years and when it's episode it 150 or whatever, then you're going to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> Both the girls are driving me crazy. <laughs> but, yeah. Ooh, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking agua de naranja, which is like <laughs> orange water. <laughs> <laughs> it's an agua fresca. So, yeah, it's an agua fresca. So for those of you who don't speak Spanish or are not Hispanic or anything like that, Latino. Um, we have these drinks that we call agua frescas, which translates to fresh water, and they're made out of fruits. And it's they're not juices. Like we don't call them juices because for you're me, not, you're not juicing the fruit. You're yeah, blending it. You're blending it and you're putting it. You know, you blend it. Like there's watermelon, pineapple, hibiscus. Orchata, which is like a cinnamon rice water. Oh, so um, good. I fucking love orchata. Yeah. Orange. You can even do passion fruit, dragon fruit. Um, pretty much any Ooh, fruit. You I name it. Pino y limon. Ooh. Yep. Cucumber, cucumber and lemon. Lime. Yep. And those mm. put like chia seeds in there. And Ooh, it's pretty much just. Jam. Yeah. You blend it or you squeeze it like with its lime. You squeeze it out and then you just add water in it, put some sugar. Um, if it needs it, cause some fruits like pineapple may not need as much and then some salt to help balance it out. And literally that is it. And it's, it's so, so good. good. Yeah. So my favorites, I usually like to aim for more like pineapple cause it's just so refreshing. I, especially in this favorite. heat right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but today I decided to get orange. So it's not orange juice. It's orange water. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> It's really good. I love it. Um, 
and I've been getting it every weekend. Um, I don't think I mentioned, but I've been working at the swap meet. So out here in California, those are a big deal. I'm sure they are in other states or in other parts. It's like, you know, it's a swap meet. You get bargain deals and things like that. So um, Jazz's, him and his friends have a, like a phone repair. And so we decided to kind of put a little sand there on the weekends. And it's been going well. So I've been going, although I don't know anything about phone repairs. I don't know. I can. I don't even put screen protectors on the phones. But I'm the <laughs> only one. I'm the only one that speaks Spanish. And you know these smarty pants are over here just smart as hell, only speaking English. So they're like, "We need you." You're now, like, I guess, right? I'm like, oh, now you need me. But um, no, <laughs> no, I'm kidding though. Um, I just go and I help them uh with any Spanish speaking customers and. It works out because I sometimes get the most sales and they're so happy. Like today I sold an iPad. This did is you go. Yeah, this is my second iPad that I sell. So I'm like, hell yeah. So it works out and it helps them. I enjoy being able to do this with jazz. Um, and I, I don't know. It feels good. But it does make me tired because that means I either get only one day off or no days off like this weekend. Girl, you're preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. I feel that. But it's all right. But yeah, but like, I'm also like super itchy because I'm covered in bug bites and like mosquito bites. And I don't know about you, but I'm allergic to mosquitoes. So like they're like, so I'm allergic to the mosquito bites. So mine get bad. I don't know what an allergy looks like to mosquito bites. Like, do do they get like hives or? Yeah, kind of like hives and like really red and swollen and really big. So, Sometimes they will get kind of big and like, okay, if I'm going to scratch around it, I have to scratch like sometimes this wide. No, like, let me show you. I wonder if the camera will pick up on it. Let me show you my back. Oh, you're going to see my chonies. I'm not wearing pants. I'm in my chonies too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, mine don't get like that. Mm-mm. Yeah. So it gets really red. So. The middle of it gets like really hard and just, oh, it hurts. And, it's like, like they hurt. white and then the outside's all red. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like they hurt. Mine don't get like that, but I, I fucking scratch. I don't even care. The skin can be raw. I don't scratch the actual bug bite. I scratch all around it. See, I, don't give a shit. I, I scratch when I'm asleep. It's so bad. Yeah, and so then like, I do like up. the foot. If it's on my legs, I'm oh, like scratching with yes. the heel of my foot. That's how I wake up sometimes. <laughs> Just like scratching yeah. with like my feet and like doing like the grasshopper thing when you get into bed. But like. Yeah. But, oh, my God, it's the fucking worst. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, mine don't get like that. But you remind me, remember when we worked at Bath and Body Works? I would randomly break out in hives. Probably some stuff that was in there. Maybe, because I never knew why, and it doesn't happen anymore. But I used to get them a lot on, like, my waist. Girl, with all the fragrances that we worked with. And sometimes I would just be there, like. I would just be standing there and then I would start scratching and I'm like, what the hell? Like, okay. I would get headaches and like migraines all the time. It's Mm because of all the fucking fragrances. That didn't happen so much to me because I'm not really sensitive to smells like that. I will say the store that we worked at though was significantly less fragrance than any other store. Oh yeah. You walked by our store and you didn't smell it. Mm -hmm. Not like a bunch of other stores. And I remember because our I, boss was like, yeah, no, I don't want it too intense. Like, 
Yeah, because we would put, so they would send us these oils. So we were pretty much like essential oil type of thing. But we only would put one at the back of the store by the registers because it was enough to cover the whole store. Mm-hmm. But not so much where I went outside. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but I've, I've never been sensitive to smells. So that never bothered me. Um, but, yeah, the hives, I always was like, why? And it was just happened randomly. Just now yeah. I don't even know why. Probably with all the fragrance that was around there. Maybe. But mm-hmm. it was, like, under my clothes. So I'm like, I would think that maybe it would happen where I have contact with the products. It was always around my torso area. Maybe it was Sometimes, something you were eating at the maybe. mall. Maybe. Sometimes on my thighs. Ooh, do you remember those sushi Ritos? Yeah. Oh, those are fucking bomb. Remember the Filipino place that sold the skewers? Oh my god. god. That was so good. I don't know what so they good. called them, but they were these like they had chicken and they had pork and they it was like barbecue and they would put it on a stick, so it was like a skewer, but maybe it was that's like a kebab. Not... Yeah, there you but go. I fr- the but fuck I... am I saying skewer, man? Because it's called a skewer. The stick is called oh. a skewer. But I forgot what they're actually called, and I feel so bad for like forgetting. And I'm like, I don't want to mm-hmm. make anything up. But they were so fucking good. I, I always got to because they had like a lunch deal for the people that worked there, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, I'll take the lunch deal plus an extra pork one, please, because delicious. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's me so far, just working. But it's okay. Next weekend I get it off because I'll be with Ale. Woohoo! So we have um we have another episode that we recorded. I don't know which one's gonna get posted first. I think this one's gonna get posted first. Um, this is actually a listener request. Woohoo! But um, oh, yes. Uh huh. So this one I think will get posted first, and there's so much to cover. So I think we kind of just did like a little, just like barely scratching the surface, and there were so many other things that I wanted to talk about. So we'll probably do like a part two in the next like, I'm just going to say a few weeks, but it's a few months because we're a bi-weekly podcast. So we'll probably do this topic again. I feel hot and I'm next to the AC. Today has been hot today in SoCal, which is insane because it's like gloomy outside. Have you looked up the weather for when you're going to be here? No, I haven't. I don't want to, but I know it's going to be burning hot so, so I'm your gonna... flight gets in on thursday right yeah do you want to know the high <sighs> what like 110 or higher 103 but our humidity is like in the 40s 50s 60s so it feels way hotter because it's not the heat that gets you it's the humidity so i don't mind humidity <gasps> for me it's when <gasps> well because <gasps> like i tell <laughs> the humidity and i live in fucking texas well i i mean maybe i'll change my mind when i'm there but i remember growing up when we would go to el salvador it would be humid and i've mentioned this many times before so if i if it's anything like that i think i'll be fine for me it's when the sun is burning hot which is what happens here or where i used to live a lot imagine the burning hot with humidity Yeah, that's the only thing that I have an issue with because I burn pretty easily. Like, I say that I'm not, like, sensitive or anything, but my skin, like, I'll be, I can't even be out there five minutes because I'll be burning. I need to go get in some shade. Yeah. Well, let me grab my, I need to grab my mm-hmm. charger because I thought I had battery. Mm-hmm. You're going to see me in my chonies. 
No, I think you're too short. I can't see anything. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Jasmine is very fun size. I threw it under the bed and I forgot. Hmm. Yeah, so Jasmine is very fun size and she's walking away from the camera. And I still can't see her. I can like hardly see her because she's so tiny. Yeah, my face feels hot. Almost like I feel embarrassed. I couldn't see your chun- I couldn't. It's because you're wearing your chonies in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I felt like that when I mentioned it's hot. <laughs> but um, no, I couldn't see your chonies. I was telling our listeners that you were walking away from the camera and I could hardly see you because you're so tiny. <laughs> I'm tiny like short, but not, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? A uh, plus size petite? Yeah. Petite and plus size? Uh, pretty much. No. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, I think it is. Oh, oh, sorry. Are you looking something up? Oh yeah, and I couldn't find it. Ah, got mm-hmm. it. I don't but know yes. what I was. I think I am going first this week. Mm-hmm. So as we no. mentioned, we when we first got it a few episodes ago, we got our first listener request. <laughs> She's like raising the roof, like yeah. Raise the roof. <laughs> um. So. Should we tell them what the request is? Like, oh yeah, go for it. I, I okay. should probably mention that. Yeah. <laughs> so she requested that we do some, like ocean Oceans. or, yeah, like things about the ocean because the ocean can be pretty creepy with everything that we've heard happening and with just like the most recent uh, situation with um, the Titan submarine. The submarine. Yeah. Obviously, we mm-hmm. know that it can be. Real scary. I was telling my mom about the submarine. She could not believe how fast it imploded. Mm-hmm. Like I was explaining to her, because um, I didn't want to get so specific, like, oh, the brain takes 0.9 seconds or however long to register. And what you see, because she just wouldn't understand. Um, so I just told her, like, look, when we see something, we see it first before our brain registers that it's happening. Mm-hmm. So they saw what was happening and it happened so fast that their brain could not understand what just happened. They were gone yeah. before they even knew what the hell happened. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. But I think like if I'm going to go, I want to go peacefully in my sleep. Or some way like that that happens so quickly that I can't register what's happening. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. I'll I'll find out what happened to me in the afterlife, you know? I'll find out. (laughs) Yeah, so she definitely was a little skeptical. Because, I mean, think about it. Like, you look at, like, I'm looking at this and my brain recognizes this is orange. Like, how fast does it recognize that my drink is orange? And in between me seeing it and my brain understanding that it's orange... I'm dead? What? Yeah, that's, that's crazy. insane. So, yeah, so we all know the ocean can definitely be scary and you just gotta be careful. And yeah, but like that's such a huge and vast topic. So that's why I have like three million different things that I want to cover. So I'm just gonna start off with something that I thought was super interesting. So picture this it's a calm evening, you're sailing on the open waters wind blowing salty air through your hair the air is crisp and the skies are clear but wait what's that in the distance clouds begin to roll in the once clear sky now covered in gray clouds that block out all the stars the water is starting to get choppy 
Soon the waves are crashing on your ship, threatening to capsize it, and then you see it. What was once in the distance is now near. It's the ghost ship you've always heard of, but never dreamt in your wildest dreams of seeing. It's the Flying Dutchman. What do they do? Little, 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 little. (laughs) (laughs) Little, 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 little. (laughs) Oh, Lord. That's what I think of. I honestly, like, I forgot the Flying Dutchman was, like, a real phenomena that, you know, is told. And here I'm thinking, like, Spongebob. Spongebob. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. (laughs) With a... The little, little. You know, it's scientifically proven that if you see the Flying Dutchman and you go, little, 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 you'll be safe. (laughs) You know, you're good. You're good. All right. (laughs) Anyways, so besides SpongeBob, the Flying Dutchman is actually the ship that has been doomed to sail the seven seas forever, not being able to port. And seeing the ship is a bad omen and impending doom await sailors. It's also said that the ghostly crew members are waiting for other ships and people to deliver letters to their loved ones on land. And once the other crew members or the other sh- people on the other ship, so you know, the living people, once they take the letters, that is when they will be doomed as well. All right, so a little bit on the origins. So stories of the Flying Dutchman can be observed as far back as the 18th century. And in the most simplest legends, the ship is destined to never make port because the ship's captain forced the crew to keep traversing through stormy conditions. And this is essentially his penance. So the crew argued the weather was too stormy and it wasn't safe to keep going, but the captain didn't listen. The So Captain Vanderdecken ordered them to keep going and said that they would keep sailing until Judgment Day. And well, you know what? The devil heard this and cursed the ship and its crew to sail until Judgment Day. Only that day would never come. And so here are some sightings that led to some ghostly encounters. So the first written account of a sighting was in 1790 in travels in various parts of Europe, Asia, and Africa during a series of 30 years and upward by John MacDonald. And he he says, the weather was so stormy that the sailors said they saw the flying Dutchman. The common story is that this Dutchman came to the Cape in distress of weather and wanted to get into the harbor, but could not get a pilot to conduct her and was so lost and that ever since, in very bad weather, her vision appears. And this written account varies slightly from the more common lore that the captain wanted to port, but there was no one to steer the ship. So the next written account was in, in five years later, in 1795, by George Barrington in Chapter 6 of A Voyage to Botany Bay. I had often heard of the superstition of sailors respecting apparitions and doom, but had never given much credit to the report. It seems that some years since a Dutch man of war was lost off the Cape of Good Hope and every soul on board perished. Her consort weathered the gale and arrived soon after the Cape. Having refitted and returning to Europe, they were assailed by a violent tempest nearly in the same latitude. In the night watch, some of the people saw or imagine they saw a vessel standing for them under a press of sail as though she would run them down. One in particular affirmed it was the ship that had foundered in the former gale and that it must certainly be her or the apparition of her. 
but on its clearing the object, a dark, thick cloud disappeared. Nothing could do away with the idea of this phenomena on the minds of the sailors. And on their relating the circumstances when they arrived in port, the story spread like wildfire, and the supposed phantom was called the Flying Dutchman. From the Dutch, the English seamen... (laughs) Sorry. From the Dutch, the English seamen got the infatuation and where they... (laughs) Jazz is over here laughing too. Why why am I so immature? (laughs) I'm the one who can't read this sentence because of that. Anyway... (laughs) The ocean men? The ocean men? (laughs) From the Dutch, the English seamen got the infatuation, and there were very few India men, but what what has someone on board who pretends to have seen the apparition. But perhaps one of the most famous sightings is by King George V, while he was sailing on the Bacanti as an adolescent in 1880. July 11th, at 4 a.m., the Flying Dutchman crossed our bows. A strange red light as a phantom ship all aglow, in the midst of which light the masts. Spars and sails of a brig 200 yards distant stood out in strong relief as she came up on the port bow, where also the officer of the watch from the bridge clearly saw her, as he did quarter-deck midshipman, who was sent forward at once to the forecastle. But on arriving, there was no vestige or any sign whatever of any material ship was to be seen, either near or right away to the horizon. The night being clear and the sea calm. Thirteen persons altogether saw her. At 10.45 a.m., the ordinary seaman who had this morning reported the Flying Dutchman fell from the foretop mast, crossed trees onto the top gallant forecastle and was smashed to atoms. So it's this last sentence that gives me chills. The first person on their ship who saw the flying Dutchman fell from his post and died. Like, if that's not a curse or a bad omen at work, I don't know what is. Yeah. And so then the following year in 1881, there was a Swedish merchant ship on its way back home from Australia when it encountered stormy weather as they rounded the Cape. Similar to George's experience, the lookout was the one to spot the eerie glow that loomed on the horizon. And just as it happened before, he fell. Unfortunately, he died moments later and his final words were, Flying Dutchman. Oh, hell no. And that's how I'm, I, I assume he said his final words. And it's just <laughs> terrifying. And so another sailor went up to the lookout and it was an English man named Lander, uh, Landersbury. And he too saw the ghastly light and described it as a red flame in which there was a vessel in the middle. Indubiously, twas the Flying Dutchman. But two days before the ship was set to port, Landerbury died of a heart attack. So he saw it and he died too. And then a third man who had seen the ghost ship through a porthole in the ship was later found dead in his bunk. The cause of his death is said to have been extreme fear. Mm-mm-mm. Three years later, in 1884, an American ship spotted the Flying Dutchman 300 miles south of the Cape of Good Hope. Captain Daniel Sheever ordered for the ship to change course as to get a better look at the ship. Unfortunately, the helmsman died when they were a mere 400 yards from the ship. But he wasn't the only death that they encountered. Later that night, there was a storm and three sailors went overboard. 
never to be seen again. In 1911, the Orkney Bell was the next to encounter the Flying Dutchman. There was no wind, yet its sails were billowing. The two ships were so close that the crew believed they would crash, but they didn't. The phantom ship rang three bells and kept sailing until it vanished into the mist. A mere three years later, the Orkney Bell was amongst the first ships to be sunk in action by the German by the German Navy. In the spring of 1943, an Australian boat, the HMAS Beersford, was sailing towards the Cape of Good Hope when the radio silence was broken. They broadcasted an eerie two-word message. Flying Dutchman. And that was it. Complete radio silence after that, and neither the boat nor its crew were ever seen again. I mean, I get it. Like, things happen. Boats can capsize. But if it's radio silent, and then you hear Flying Dutchman, and then it's silent again, like, come on, they had to have seen the Dutchman. And there are some variations to this story or to the origins. And although most of my research had Hendrik Vanderdecken as captain of the ship, others have Bernard Folk as the captain. Actually, some list Vanderdecken and Folk as the Dutchman himself, but it's usually the Dutchman is usually the ship that I had mentioned. In SpongeBob, however, like we did mention, the Flying Dutchman is the character and is the captain of the ghostly ship rather than the name of the ship. Anyway, Folk was an extremely fast sailor and he was an unworldly kind of fast. So much so that legend says his speed was due to a deal he made with the devil. It's said that during a game of dice, his soul was wagered in exchange for success in speed. So most stories have the ship's captain making a deal with the devil and the crew suffering the consequences of his action, but that's not always the case. In one variation, the captain wants to push through the stormy weather, but his crew disagrees with him. They disagree so much that they band together against the captain and rebel. A fight ensues, but the captain is determined to keep going. He kills the rebel leaders and throws them overboard. Once their body hits the water, all hell breaks loose. For his selfish actions, the captain will forever be punished and is doomed to spend eternity sailing in horrid conditions. But this one doesn't really seem fair to me, though. Like, yes, he was selfish and should be punished, but why does his crew have to suffer for eternity, too? Like, are they being punished because they rebelled? Or are they there to torment the cop captain for jeopardizing their lives? Regardless. Or maybe because as a team, they could have done something to stop him. I mean, they tried and then the captain killed them. He killed the leaders. He threw them overboard. Hmm. But like, regardless. Or maybe for being like, it could also be for, and I'm talking about the rest of the crew that obviously didn't get thrown off. could also be because they remained quiet and and allowed essentially it allowed it to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, another variation is of Sir Walter Scott. He was actually the first to refer to the ship as a pirate ship and wrote that the ship was, quote, originally a vessel loaded with great wealth on board of which some horrid act of murder and piracy had been committed, end quote. And so he also stated that seeing the ship is considered by mariners as the worst of all possible omens. There's an opera by Richard Wagner that is very popular. And there is a variation that says that every seven years, 
the ship will be able to make port so that the captain may find true love or a love that can set him free. And this is, this opera focuses on that variation. So every seven years, the Flying Dutchman goes on a quest on land in order to find a love that will essentially grant him his salvation. In the first act, there is a storm and Dallin seeks refuge. A ghostly ship appears to him and it's the captain. And its captain is a Dutchman. The Flying Dutchman. This is the beginning of when he is cast ashore in order to look for a wife. In the second act, Dallin and the Dutchman are becoming friends, even though Dallin doesn't know the Dutchman's fate. He doesn't know that he's the Flying Dutchman. And in exchange for wealth, Dallin has promised Senta's hand in marriage, his daughter. But wait, she's engaged to some dude named Eric. So his daughter's engaged and he's like, oh, I can be rich. <laughs> you can marry my daughter. Like, excuse me, sir. Mm-hmm. But, but here's the thing. Even though she's engaged to Eric, her heart's not 100% in it because she's a huge fan of the spookies and actually wants to be the one to free the flying Dutchman from his curse. Not knowing that her dad did this. So she says That's bye. Awesome. Yeah, so she says bye to Eric and promises herself promises herself to the Dutchman. Which is like, all right, that's kind of cool, but like why would you be engaged to someone if your heart's not really in it? Just saying. Probably convenience. I mean, marriages were business transactions after all. Yeah. Pobrecita. But anyway, I know. In the third in the third and final act, Eric pleads to Senta to take him back because she had sworn to him. She had sworn in the past to love him like forever. And the Dutchman overhears their conversation, but he doesn't get the full story because he thinks that Senta's betrayed him. So the Dutchman tells Senta who he really is and reveals everything about the curse and makes his way to set sail again. However, Senta doesn't want Eric. She said bye and she meant it. She wants the Dutchman and wants to be the one to set him free. So in a last-stitch effort to prove her loyalty to him, she throws herself off the ship to her death. And in the final scene, both Senta and the Dutchman are seen going to heaven. It was like the ultimate action of love that she committed right there. Mm-hmm. Or ultimate sacrifice for his love. Yep. How tragic. Yep. <laughs> but at least she wasn't with Eric because she said bye to him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so... Sorry, Eric. Sorry, dude. (laughs) So, I do have to break some bubbles, though, because we've gone... You know, we've gone on this journey with the Flying Dutchman. And although I totally believe in the legend of the Flying Dutchman, science has some other ideas and is trying to find a logical solution, as always. And so here's a scientific, a scientifically backed phenomenon that can lead to the appearance of the ghost ship. So it's a phenomenon called Fata Morgana. And this is basically a mirage and is named after Morgan Le Fay, a.k.a. Morgana. Um, If you know anything about King Arthur, it's named after her because it's said that she would cast images or mirages of islands that would lead sailors to their demise. Maybe we should do like a King Arthur episode. Cause there's like a How? lot of like a lot of history and like folklore and of legends course. around that. Of course. It's not very but how spooky. would she cast a mirage? 
She was a witch. Witchcraft. Spells. Oh, okay. I missed that part. Yeah, so it was named after her. So Got it. Basically, in scientific terms, though, the the Fata Morgana happens when light bends due to differing temperatures. So think about when you're looking like at asphalt on a hot day or like a grill, you can literally see the heat waves. Well, the same thing happens at sea and the ocean surface is the perfect place for that to happen, especially because of the Earth's curvature it allows for ships to be completely out of sight while light is still bending perfectly to produce a ship's image. And this is one of the reasons we know the Earth is not flat. But why a ship? Why can't it be like a house or a farm? I don't know. It can, but it, I mean, but are there houses or farms on the ocean? No, I guess not. It's the ocean's surface that allows for that. You hear that, flat earthers? (laughs) The Earth is round. Yep. I was going to say that it's so ironic that scientists are trying to find a a name for this and they use the name of a witch uh-huh. to name it. How yeah. ironic. However, here's my little thing. However, this phenomena inverts an image. So the ship would be upside down. And so I don't know about you, but I think that that would have been mentioned in the records rather than just saying a ghostly ship. So like, yeah, Fata Morgana Morgana is a real thing, but I think the Flying Dutchman's a real thing too. I do too. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess we'll leave it at that. Both of us think it's real. (laughs) When you said the upside down thing, it made me think of this TikTok that I saw. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Of this guy who recorded in his house and he was like, you guys, look, I could see my neighbor's house reflected on my wall. But it was upside down. Yeah. And people were commenting what that phenomenon was, but I don't remember the name. It literally looks like somebody has a projector. And it's like like an overhead projector. Like when you you were in school. That's what it looks like on his wall. And it was his neighbors. And you can see cars driving by. Oh, that's weird. It was crazy. And so people were commenting what it was. But I don't remember. So that's what it made me think of when you said the upside down thing. Yeah. Like, don't you think, like, in all those records and, like, the things that I read, don't you think they would have probably mentioned if it was upside down? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Why not? Wouldn't you mention that it was an upside, that you saw an upside down ship? Yeah. So I'm just saying, I think it's real. So do I. Yeah. But, um, right. I, I don't know if anyone else thinks it's real. I asked Gary if his dad ever saw it or heard any stories of it, but he, he was of no use to us. <laughs> I know. It's okay, though. We'll forgive him this time. This time. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a good one. I like that. Yeah, but there was. I don't know how to. Oh, sorry. But I yeah. Say, I don't know how to start mine now. Oh. <laughs> But yeah. no, what were you going to say? Yeah, so we were talking about, you know, ghost ships. I, I don't know if that really goes into, like, the ocean category, but that's that's where my mind went. Maybe I'll go for another, like, I don't know, like, mermaids or the kraken next time. Yeah, we, we can but, definitely do more. But speaking of, even... like, ghost ships, I mean, aren't there any shipwrecks or things that happen in a certain area? <laughs> Yes, maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> maybe you heard of the Bermuda Triangle. Dun, dun, the forbidden dun. 
the forbidden Dorito. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the Bermuda Triangle is a really famous spot that a lot of people know about. Um, it's also known as the Devil's Triangle. Uh, so pretty much it's an urban legend focused on a defined region in the western part of the North Atlantic Ocean where a number of ships, airplanes, and other aircrafts have disappeared under mysterious circumstances. So for those of you who may not know, each point of the triangle um, consists of Florida, Bermuda, and Puerto Rico. The idea of this area being prone to mysterious disappearances arose in the mid-20th century, but many sources have dismissed the ideas of this urban legend, which I'll talk a little bit more about later. Um, so the earliest recorded article was on September 17 of 1950. Then a couple of years later, another article was released where it mentioned the loss of several ships and planes. One of those was Flight 19, which consisted of five torpedo bombers, which am I the only one who didn't know exactly what those were? No, I was about to ask you, what the hell is a torpedo bomber? Is it like a Perfect. like a military? Yes. So like it's aircraft. A, it, it's an aircraft uh, designed primarily to attack ships with aerial torpedoes. So they're going to fly over and drop bombs on these ships. Um, so they were on a navigation training on December 5th of 1945 when suddenly all contact was lost. This flight had 14 members on board. A flying boat, which is an airplane that can be put in the water as well, um, with 13 members on it, was sent out on the search for Flight 19. Sadly, they also got lost on the Bermuda Triangle. At first, it was recorded that Lieutenant Charles Taylor, who was the one that was managing this training, mistook some small islands offshore as a different location, which in this case was Florida, because that's where it was supposed to end, after his compasses stopped working, which then led them to open sea away from land. Once this case was closed, it was later amended to say case unknown, so as to not blame Taylor for the incident. In connection, the second flight that went out to search for them was noted down as it exploding while searching for Flight 19. Flight 19 alone, this was a very big deal, considering it was the military, um, would be covered again in the April 1962 issue of American Legion magazine. In it, the author, Alan W. Eckert, wrote that the flight leader had been heard saying, We are entering white water. Nothing seems right. We don't know where we are. The water is green. No white. He also wrote that officials at the Navy Board of Inquiry stated that the planes flew off to Mars. The fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's what they said. To Mars. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably meaning like all contact was lost. We have no clue where the hell they we'll are. In. <laughs> yeah. Um, there have been many incidents with little to no explanation. Of course, you can assume the most likely answers, which scientists and investigations have stated over and over again. Bad weather, human error, compass problems due to magnetic anomalies. 
But how can you be certain when many disappearances have been a mystery? You haven't, a lot of the times they don't even find what they're looking for until the next, the following year or whatever. So we don't know. But like the instance of Carol A. Deer, a vessel that was built in 1919, was found abandoned near North Carolina on January 31st, 1921. FBI investigation ruled out multiple theories as to why and how the ship was abandoned, including piracy, domestic communist sabotage, and the involvement of rum runners. Nobody was on that ship. There was no evidence that the ship had been overtaken. The pirate or the pirate. What the hell? Well, maybe it was a flying Dutchman. <laughs> right? The captain was nowhere to be seen. His family was on that ship with them. Never found. The The boat was actually found. Um, I don't remember the terminology because obviously I'm not. I don't do boats and planes and all that. But it's pretty much like when it crashes on a reef or like it was found like stuck there. And that's how they were like, whoa, this is. Carol A. Deer or Douglas DC-3 aircraft, which was on a flight from San Juan, Puerto Rico to Miami and vanished. No traces of the airplane or the 32 passengers on board were ever found. An investigation determined that there was not enough evidence to determine the probable cause of this incident. It was the Dorito <laughs> right the dorito did it Swallowed no probable cause we can't figure out why the dorito mm-hmm. it's the dorito that's why <laughs> wait roman numeral with an i and a v is that four okay i always forget speaking more about the ocean and ships and stuff i can't forget to include conorama four a pleasure yacht found adrift in the atlantic south of bermuda in 1955 It is usually stated in the stories that the crew vanished while the yacht survived being at sea during three hurricanes. How do you explain that? Yes. Not one, not two, but three. Yes. And I didn't write it down. I should have. But when they were not in the States, I think somewhere near the Bermuda, an official from there said that they saw the yacht anchored there to because of the hurricane so we don't know if he saw it leave and that was the last that they were ever seen so that's a mystery i don't know what could be the answer (laughs) of course these are just a few stories but there have been many others that aren't so much a mystery and are due to explainable causes such as malfunctions or violent weather just like i mentioned earlier And this also makes it seem as if there haven't been any modern day incidents happening in the Devil's Triangle. There certainly has. In July of 2015, two 14-year-old boys, Austin Stefanos and Perry Cohen, went on a fishing trip in their 19-foot boat. Despite the 15,000 square nautical mile wide search by the Coast Guard, the pair's boat was found a year later off the coast of Bermuda, but the boys were never seen again. I remember this story. They got lost. Literally not even, I don't think it was even 24 hours when they started searching for them and they could not find him. It was Holy smokes. such a mystery. Like how could they get so far so fast? Yeah. Holy crap. And the boat was found, but they weren't. A year later, 
Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Um, in February of 2019, Turkish Airlines flight TK-183 was forced to change its direction from Havana, Cuba to Washington Duels Airport after some mechanical and electrical problems occurred while flying over the triangle. And just a few months later, on May 15, same year, of course, um, a private MU-2B aircraft was at 24,000 feet when it vanished from radar and radio contact with air traffic controllers in Miami. Plane wreckage was found later on. It lost contact and the plane was wrecked. So there have been other stuff that's happened in the Bermuda prior to the 1950s. I've seen some incidents dated as early as the 1800s where flights were lost with 91 people on on board. Um, That was in 1800. Later in 1814, there was another one. Last known position was the Caribbean, and it was lost with 140 people on board. Now, they say that it's possible that that one was lost in storm, and the first one with 91 people on board was lost in a gale, which is a very windy... It's, it's, It's like a big wind. Windier than what you can experience here, like when we get Santa Ana winds or anything like that. It's very strong, and it just... Maybe it pushes them or they get caught in there and, I don't know, they get lost. So there have been some pretty early incidents. But it wasn't recorded until the 1950s and that's when all these other stories were considered. So whether all these things happen, have happened, and will continue to happen due to natural causes or mechanical malfunctions or due to something supernatural treading in the waters... There is no doubt that the ocean is a scary, mysterious, and sometimes deadly place. And the Bermuda Triangle is no exception to this. I think what's like really scary about the Bermuda Triangle is that it's a real place. And that there are so many recent accounts of things that have happened there too. Not something like the Kraken, you know, where you hear like, stories about it but you know it's not proven to be true the bermuda triangle is a real fucking place Mm -hmm. i think that's what's like absolutely terrifying about it yeah so this is like will further cement my my stance on not getting on a boat i will not get on a boat (laughs) i do not do boats no ma'am no thank you no 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 No, no, no. And I will never go on a cruise unless it's a Disney cruise. Maybe. Just then. Maybe. But even then, no thank you. No ma'am. Mickey will protect you. Don't worry. No, fuck that rat. (laughs) No, No, honestly though. um, Oh my god, all the Disney adults are going to come for me. Disney's going to send a season desist letter. (laughs) (laughs) For the record, I do love Disney and I put a bunch of money into Disney. Oh yeah, she used to have a pass. And I used to give her shit for it. And now look at me years later. I have a past now. It's the fucking best. Yeah. But the magnets are different now. I don't know if you knew. Oh, where are they now? Let me see. I think I may have one here. Please oh, hold. Oh, you didn't put it on your car? I put my magnet on my car. I was I was one of those. I just called Gear so he can look at the magnets too. Mine's on my car. This one is okay. meant for Jazz's truck. Oh, but I, don't I was going to say, I'm like, you on. didn't put your yours on it? Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. 
it says Magic Key, Disneyland. And through the word key, they put like a key with Mickey Mouse ears. Oh, that's precious. I think I do and prefer the, the other ones, the white and black ones. I do too. But those are cute. Yeah. Oh, and um, it's awesome. like a purple, pink, orange radiant, like a sunset. I will never go on a ship. What? After this episode, <laughs> no thank you. No ma'am. No sir. Maybe no not near you. the Bermuda. A ship. A boat. A sailing vessel. I will not go. What is that? I'm gonna die. The Bermuda Triangle? Just don't go to the Bermuda Triangle. But w- what if, like, it expands? I mean, it is moving. It what hasn't seemed to have expanded since the 1800s. Wait, did you just hear what Gary said? He says it's moving. Is it now? Interesting. What do you mean it's moving? That's all I know. Like, I've heard that it's that zone of the Bermuda Triangle. Explain that again. Yeah, we can't hear you. The audience want to hear you. They want to hear it. That's all I know. So that's all I know. He's shy. Apparently. You know, we were actually just talking about how... That's it. Huh? Okay, we'll look it up. I I literally don't know anything about it. I I think Jasmine, are you looking it up? Yeah, she's looking up. We were actually just talking about how um, I don't think Gary's shy, but he's like, what are you talking about? I am shy. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? No, you're not. And then he just reminded me that um, we're married and we know each other very well. So he's not shy around me, but he's still shy around others. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see nothing about that. Maybe I had to dig deeper. I just looked up, is the Bermuda moving? And there was an article that had like scientific words and I didn't really feel like reading it. <laughs> it mentioned the Earth's crust. And I was like, that's enough of that. That's enough science. <laughs> science. <laughs> That's enough of that. Yes. <laughs> the way you said it. They do this every year. What? Sid from Ice Age oh, when they leave him. No, I was thinking of um, Zoe 101 when she's like, cotton swabs. Oh my is. god, yes. I forgot about her. Yeah, so cotton oh. swabs. Science. And then <laughs> at my old job, we would just always be talking about, I don't know, we'd just always say random shit. And then Jen and I would be like, Science. To like explain something, <laughs> and it was this other That's girl, sweet. this um, one of my coworkers. Oh, another Jennifer. It was another Jennifer that she was like science. She's like it reminds me of uh, Zoe 101 with the cotton swaps. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Mm-hmm. So now it's one of my wow. favorite things to say: science. <laughs> well, I thought this episode was interesting. I would love to do more stuff about the ocean because I know that. Not even just like mermaids or kraken or you know or what I guess bodies of water because you know, Ooh, there's also yeah lakes what and is rivers called? yes Locks. um Loch Ness monster huh? Nessie yeah 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 sorry when you said locks it like threw me off but yeah Loch Ness monster and all that but mm-hmm. also we can do like giant squids that shit scares me or like rivers. Like, have you ever watched River Monsters? I don't remember no. if it was Animal Planet or, like, Discovery. But it had this, um, I don't even know what he was. He was some sort of, like, biologist. And he, I don't know if he was a zoologist or a biologist. I don't know. He was a scientist. And it's River Monsters with Jeremy Wade. Oh, my God. Some of the, the things that you find in rivers are fucking insane and you know what i just read a book cannibal vengeance i think i talked about it on the next episode did i talk about it on the next one yes you did yeah and it's set on the amazon river 
Oh, so you know what? Yeah, the rivers are terrifying too. Yep. Cayman, anaconda, piranha, cannibals, according to that book, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like yeah, I- we'll definitely touch more on this. Mm-hmm. All right. But yeah. Anything more that you'd like to add? Stay off ships. Don't go on boats. Will we be recording an episode together? Probably. While I'm there. Probably. Bring your stuff. Lovely. Yes. So exciting. Mm-hmm. Whoop, whoop. All right. Well, as always, um, if you enjoyed this episode, please. I've never said this before, so not as always. Give us a thumbs up. Can you do that? I don't know. <laughs> rate and review idiot. us. I'm watching too many YouTube videos. Rate and review us on <laughs> Give iTunes. Give me a like. <laughs> no. no, but really. I think on podcasts, it's rate and review. Leave a review on like, I think so too. iTunes is the best place to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but yes. Um, feel free to send us a message. Any positive feedback. Any critical. I keep wanting to say critical thinking. What is wrong with Critical me? thinking skills. <laughs> constructive criticism (laughs) or if you have any requests anything you would like for us to talk about or any personal stories feel free to send us an email at spookystateofmind.com i mean (laughs) i'm tired okay i need to rest after this at spookystateofmind at gmail.com or you can send us a dm on instagram at spookystateofmind and we will be waiting for it so yeah As always, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye.